Hello everyone, and welcome to Your Uncle's Beach House, episode 11. I am Jackson, I'm joined by M as usual. Gundam time! Nope, wrong one. Oh, wrong day, um, even. Beach time! <laughs> beach time. Bird party. I haven't been to a beach in 15 years, easily. Shit! So. You know, it might be the same, f- not 15, but it, mm, I am it a thousand be- miles from a beach, I think I have a good reason. I mean, I, I, I am the equivalent. If we, if we were to take the size of the UK, no, no, that doesn't count. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Percentage-wise, no, that's not how uh, anything works. We are joined today by Liv. Hello, hello. Uh, this is the uh, show where we watch we watch anime that isn't Gundam, and Liv has chosen an anime for us to watch. Uh, which I guess we'll just get into. What did you pick? I picked um, Satoshi Kone's Paranoia Agent. Yeah. Yeah. Do the details like a good host. That is the 2004 uh, series from uh, Stashicom. Um I think that's it. He, he directed it, produced by Madhouse. He had a bunch of ideas for movies, but they weren't like big enough for movies. So he was like, what if I made a TV show that I could make 22 minute movies? <laughs> uh, and he did. And that's Paranoia Agent. And we're here to talk about it today. Why did you pick this, Liv? Um. I was just starting to watch like um, P- Perfect Blue and um, like his movies and stuff, so I was like, "Well, I hear a lot of good things about this, so thought it'd be a good pick." And it's pretty quick too, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, fair enough. Not too deep, just no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, no, I loved, I loved uh, Perfect Blue a whole lot, so I was, I was curious to watch it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is my first Tashikon. Um, work that i'm watching because i've wait <laughs> i've already been yelled at sworn three... you've seen paprika nope what I've is been yelled wrong at three with you people. now four now four several people one of them on a podcast for just being a fake oh my god jackson <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me for you to watch anime <laughs> it's uh, been the same desire this entire time <laughs> You know what? Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah. So, should I do a quick summary of the plot of Paranoia Agent, such as there is one? Sure. Sure. Yeah. sure. So, uh, there is someone who's been referred to as Shonen Bat, who's going around and attacking random people uh, who all seem to be featuring, uh, like reaching some point of crisis point in their lives, feeling cornered in some way. The episodes at the start uh, tend to revolve around like a new character their situation and will end in them trying to like willfully like will escape into their lives and the escape comes in the form of being smacked over the head uh by shonen bat um this expands over the course of the series well it's metaphysically and literally uh shonen bat as he is like becomes a mythical figure uh like murdering those who wish who wish to escape uh and the more people talk about him the more power he gives and the more he grows uh, and the quest to defeat him is like mostly in the hands of these two initially detectives, but then just the main characters uh, of the show. Uh, and the first victim, Sukiko Sagi, seems to be the key to the mystery. 
that's the broad plot without spoilers, but we're going to spoil the whole show because that's what we do here. That is what we do here. I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, the reveal uh, is that uh, Tsukasagi, uh, when she was a child, was uh, accidentally let off her dog into the road and dog got run over and she made up a she made up this attacker uh to like avoid confessing her uh part in this to her father and then the dog uh becomes the uh the cute um, mascot she draws for her company and it becomes very popular and then Sharon Bat becomes this um this legend among among just among the populace as 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 his like crimes continue uh, and they both basically form this dual sense of escape like this cutesy positive escape and this dark murderous escape uh, as the show is about facing up to your own reality and you must you know accept what you did in the past uh, to uh, stop the big uh, the big murders going on um, and that's that's the show yeah. Uh, that's the broad doing summarizing it as a broad plot. Uh, broad plot uh, kind of doesn't doesn't do it much credit. It sounds very you know, it sounds kind of gener- generic when you lay it out like that. Uh, but the, the devil's in the details. It's a very well made show. Shockingly, yes. <laughs> so I guess we'll just go around. Who wants to who wants to like lay out their thoughts on uh, Paranoia Agent first? Who wants to who wants to who wants to go first? I guess I'll go first. I saw this uh, probably like 2005, 2006. I watched it on DVD. And I remember thinking it was extremely weird and not really understanding it, which just goes to show what a decade and a half of watching media will do for you. Because (laughs) uh, watching this again, uh, it was like, I really enjoyed the show. I wouldn't call it like especially weird. Like sometimes it can be a little uh, abstract or surreal, but... um, I've seen Twin Peaks now, uh, <laughs> which uh, it would be impossible to talk about Paranoid J without talking about Twin Peaks, which definitely builds out of a lot of the imagery and surrealness around the edges of Twin Peaks, um, which is great. I uh, love that stuff. Uh, I also just like a show that's all about, we're going to tell 22-minute stories. It's all I'm ever looking for out of anime. Yes. Just show movies their ass by telling them that you could just do this in half an hour. It's easy. Um and doing that effortlessly. Uh, so I ended up really liking the show. Uh, I know that this has like a reputation for being like a kind of almost like a horror series almost, but I don't, I don't really know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, yeah. I found most of the episodes like sad and beautiful more than like genuinely upsetting. Um, but I, I kind of feel that way about Satoshi Kon's whole milieu. I haven't seen, um, Tokyo Godfathers, but I've seen everything else, um, at this point. So. Uh, that's, uh, that's my general thoughts. Hey, Liv, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agreed. Um, I, yeah, I would not call this, like, horror in any sense. I guess maybe episode seven where, like, the the detectives kind of get fired because they, they go overboard is, like, the most trending situation. But, um, other than that, I mean, like, I definitely enjoyed how it kind of uses its plot to kind of segment out, um like how it tells episodes so like having those individual character stories at first and then when it goes on to like episodes eight through ten having like kind of these ensemble like more um just kind of like even smaller stories within them it was pretty cool and i really enjoyed like how malleable the art style is like the Mm -hmm. the default look of it is pretty solid but then when you go to like um like episode eight has like this kind of like madcap looser like way it draws its characters and things like that and the ways that um each each uh episode has like kind of some twist when it comes to like how that particular protagonist is like fantasizing it's 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 pretty cool so i definitely found it very engaging i i didn't find it um i guess it kind of repeats like Yes, I get that Maromi and um, Lil Slugger are, sorry, Shonen Bat are like an escape from reality. And I guess it kind of like hammers that in a bit, a lot toward the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, like, I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I also really like the show. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone here is going to say it was a bad show. Yeah. Uh, uh, I ended up thinking it was like a. Um, the show that this is this is a comparison I don't mean because uh, I you know uh, but the show that Black Mirror like wants to be like going up and down <laughs> um, 
kind of all of the all of the different stories represent some form of like culture that it's analyzing how it affects us uh and um taking a look at how these things might not necessarily be uh, all all that great uh and everything like a lot like the twilight zone i think for me like with the you know with the pat 22 minutes like a lot of them had they or their final twist moments mm-hmm. um uh like there was definitely like a stinger quality to the the way a lot of the stories ended like so there's this incredible one um with these three friends trying to kill themselves which i think is the standard episode of the entire season that's episode eight absolutely uh, it's <laughs> like utterly amazing and the twist there is that they were dead the whole well not the whole time they think they 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 did kill themselves at some point during their attempts uh they just never noticed and so they are cursed to walk the afterlife uh trying to kill each other but it doesn't matter because they are the best of friends and will have a good time forever uh and yeah so that's the stuff that the 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 show did best for me was these 22 minute stories i thought that was like an excellent approach because like you say like I would get five minutes into the episode and think that I was almost done. Not five, five minutes too little, but you know, like I would look at the timestamp and be like, "There's no way we're just hitting the um, hitting the like mid act." Um, the what's the eye catch? Uh, because just these episodes move so fast in just building up a sense of who the character are uh, is because they only have twenty two minutes to tell most of these stories, uh, and it's just it's just very impressive how quickly they just build up uh, connections with these characters. Totally, yeah. I um I really liked um even like episode two I think is uh, a pretty early standout one with like yes this kid that everyone thinks is um Shonen Bat um but it's just like the worst <laughs> the oh, worst he sucks most, so much he sucks so much yeah uh like middle school kid who like everyone loved and he was perfect at everything and then as soon as people stop stop liking him he just ter- becomes this complete monster it's 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 wonderful yeah. <laughs> It's so good. It's like does the entirety of the Tatami Galaxy in twenty two minutes. Um, <laughs> it was it was excellent because he's just getting so mad at this other guy who's just this like you know nice kind of unreasonably out of town fat nice, kid. yeah. Honestly, and, and he and, and he's just the nicest character who has ever existed. Yes, and he's just like oh this awful monster. Look at how disgusting he looks. This fat kid. He hates me. I'm like he's just a nice guy. What is wrong with you? Why are you being so horrible to him? Um. And so that that was that, that was a good episode. That was my, a, that was probably my favorite of the first. The my first favorite few. bit of that uh, that episode is when um, he like corners this kid and is like, "You're gonna stop telling everyone I'm shown in bad right now. I know you're the one doing this." And then um, somebody texts like pictures of him threatening to the whole class, and then this kid comes up and is like, <laughs> "No, he, this is a trick to try to make him look bad. You, you gotta like not do that." <laughs> Yeah, no, he's yeah. he's just so unreasonably nice, and it's just driving uh, Itchy just completely up the wall. He cannot handle it. Uh, yeah, I love that episode. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think the the uh, the the start of the show where it's just to cover these stories, but like with a few scenes of the detectives trying to figure things out interspersed, uh, it's a really good opening to the show. Um, I really like the detectives a lot, and their whole journey was very good. Yes, because uh, they get fired in episode seven, and then they just—they don't become detectives again. They just go about like just continues. The show continues to get much weirder uh, as it goes further into like um, this mix between fantasy and reality, uh, which is good because like so one of the episodes is about uh, this kid that they arrest, thinking he's shown him bat, but he's—he's he's not really. He's just doing shown him bat lookalike like uh attacks because those people weren't really trapped like the others and that's how they figure this out uh but he's uh all the way into role-playing games so it's like fantasizing and they see like it goes into a video game style um situation like you know dragon quest text box that's come up on the screen it goes all the way uh but then later on in the series they bring this back uh as um uh, the uh, the young detective type. I don't remember his name, but <laughs> there's always a young detective. Manoa, yes, um, is is fighting Shonen Bat, and so in the fantasy he's like a knight with this incredible sword, but in the real world he's still got ridiculous clothes and a baseball bat, and it's all happening. And there's so little difference between the like fantasy and the real. Like the the real world scenes are just as bonkers. Yes, um, uh, and I really he like just that stuff. Batman. Like he's, he really 
does. He's like on a billboard and he's like napping and then he like gets a radio. He's like into police transmissions and like has like microscope ga- glasses and he's like looking around to, to find people in trouble. It's yeah, it's very good. He goes to get the intel from the sentient like anime figures of that dork. Yes. And they like hack into his mind and his glasses and show him show him like the truth. Uh, it's very good. It, the show's good. Yes. Uh. So uh, before we get too into some of the other, let's talk about the bad episode of this show. Mm, I can guess. Uh, the bad ep- the episode of the show is episode six. Uh, which, uh, so in episode four, we meet, uh, Masami, uh, Hirokawa, who's like a, just like a shitty, like, low-level police officer who's in trouble with the Yakuza trying to, like, build his house or whatever, because he yes. borrowed money from them, and, uh, he's, he sucks, he's terrible, and decides to, like, become a thief to try to get the money to pay off the debt that he owes the Yakuza. Yeah. Uh, and manages to, like, get cornered, get attacked or whatever, um... And then, like, after he, uh, like, after he's, like, he's literally, like, attacking families and stuff, but finally gets the money for his house, um, because he, uh, he doesn't get, he doesn't get knocked out, right? Like, Little Slugger attacks him and he's, fought, like, because he's a huge police officer, Slugger. man, he just kind of shrugs it off. Because he's probably the one attacked by, uh, the kid, not actual yeah. Little Slugger. Yes. Um, but then two episodes later, we find out that the house he's trying to build and did build it for his family is like f- full of hidden cameras that he uses to spy on his daughter, uh, uh-huh. which, uh, sucks a lot. Uh, and we meet her having discovered this fact, like walking through like the streets as like a runaway, um, because she doesn't want to live in this house where her dad's spying on her. Uh, and her thing is she gets attacked by, uh, Shonen Bat. And in the, like, while doing that, like, loses her memory and spends the rest of the show basically, like, in this, like, placid state of brain damage that is equivocated with everyone else's, like, liberation. And that sucks a whole lot. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's a lot in the show that I think you could go and look at as, like, um, classic genre using, like, mental illness and trauma to say things about society and repression. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that some of it hits more than the uh, some of it hit more, uh, some of it works more than some of the other bits work. Yep. Yeah, the stuff with his daughter is like the worst stuff because yes. she spends the rest of the movie or the rest of the show hanging out with her dad, like in this like just like blissed out state because she doesn't remember anything. As he like is showing is like this made him a good father because his daughter was brain damaged after he was like spying on her. Doesn't he like kill I- himself toward the end? Um. I think there was like a funeral scene. I'm, I that might have been a different person. I might have confused the two, but um, I don't know. No, I think I think that's a different person. Okay. No, because at the end it the shows fun- them like the in the scene- in the park, right? Like they're just sitting on swings together. The oh. funeral scenes for the driver and the shitty guy from the um from the company gotcha. who Sagi's designing things for. Yes. Okay. Because that that was after he he crashes his car into the massive Shannon Bat. Uh, yeah, I see. Um, yeah, that episode is no good. I also wasn't a huge fan of um, episode three, which is like this multiple personality disorder like yep. um, thing. And the the one alter, uh, Maria, is like the sex worker. And like at first, like the episode is like kind of chill because it's like, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this. But then when, uh, you know, um, I forget the other Harumi, when when Harumi starts getting married, Maria's like, I can't handle this, and now I'm going to destroy you, and it's just, it's it's a little bit stupid. Um, it's very pulpy, like, like like thriller horror movie stuff. Yeah, uh, that feels very dated by 2004. The interesting thing is like <laughs> the ways in which it's kind of a riff on some of the stuff in Perfect Blue, which is not really about the same thing, but definitely this episode is meant to evoke a lot of the Perfect Blue like identity. Things. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Um, but uh, Perfect Blue is much better. <laughs> yeah, no, that it's does not surprise me. <laughs> it, it's neat how um, there's definitely elements of that, and Millennium Actress too. At a couple points, like the fifth episode where um, Shonen Bat or the Shonen Bat 
copycat guy is uh they when he's like explaining his fantasy they're just sort of following him around in that fantasy like as he's retelling it uh which is very similar to what millennium actress does but it's cool that stuff pops up um yeah Hmm. yeah so i think that like some you can definitely tell in some spots that it feels like you know here are some ideas i had lying around right some of them are really really good uh some of them (laughs) a bit um uh feeling a little throwaway i think the show gets more like that than in episode nine which is a basically a clip show of even more discarded ideas yes (laughs) um where which is framed by a bunch of uh women standing around gossiping and talking about Shannon Bat and building up the legend of Shannon Bat, uh, and it like basically cuts to different, different like tiny two-minute like vignette stories uh, throughout the episode. Some of which are really good, some of which are, are not. Uh, and <laughs> the variation between them is very funny to me because um, I think the first one with the kid who is desperately trying to get into school but can't pass any exams and is like vomiting up like formulas like actual maths things like in the form of printed fonts but it's like a real thing and and it's just covering the ground and just eventually just the ground is like got a bunch of just uh writing all over it but it looks like 3d printed uh just font (laughs) uh and so i think that one's really good i think my i think the best one in this is the the one uh the one in the um uh family clinic (laughs) because so so a a woman goes goes to get in like in ivf uh and it's successful and she's like oh finally my child i will have my child uh and they fucked up it's not her child they put the wrong they put the the wrong you know uh the the wrong baby inside her uh it's just random peoples um and so (laughs) this guy is just flop sweat every time he's talking to her (laughs) being like oh it's definitely your child you're having a good time and she's like oh it's, it's really kicking it feels really painful and eventually the the child like on the um on the on the monitor as it's doing like ultrasound just becomes shonen bat inside her belly and that's their like cut at the end of the story while holding <laughs> a baseball bat too while holding a baseball bat <laughs> and then it cuts to the the the, the women gossiping and they're like that doesn't make sense he's already exists why would he be born also how do you fit a baseball bat inside a person like as if those are the questions that matter here <laughs> Uh, I really like the uh, housewife and the mother-in-law almost murdering each other. I think that one's incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like low-key disillusion of that relationship is like part of the general vibe of this entire show is like the undercurrent of anxiety and uh, like lack of connection in very normal like day-to-day interactions and social situations and I like that one is just the most pitched version of that of this lady literally trying to kill her mother-in-law who definitely deserves it absolutely Um, I think that one's great absolutely so what are the what are the other bits we want to we want to make sure we, we hit here well, we discussed, uh, we mentioned episode eight briefly, but that is definitely the the standout one for sure. Just, um, just this like, <laughs> it, it it could it could be so bad to be honest, like in, on premise. But it's you know these three people meet online and they um like all all agree to a suicide pact. And when they when they start arriving, the first two people meet and they're like um. You know, one is probably in his 30s or something. The other one's, you know, 60 maybe. And uh, then this, like, 12-year-old girl shows up with a Maromi backpack and is like, Hey, are, are you two from the message board? And then they initially just start... They just spend most of the episode trying to run away from her and, like, get, make sure she doesn't, like, die with them. Um, and it, I think the funniest... Like, because each of their suicide attempts go wrong. I think the funniest bit is when they uh, go to the train station and they're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna jump in front of this train." And (laughs) right before they're about to do it, some like random businessman like just launches himself like a full sprint into the (laughs) into the train, (laughs) and it's uh, it's it's really good. Um, Uh, It's very (laughs) the animation of that businessman going out. It's hard to like exaggerate how funny just the pew. This yes. guy sitting in front of the train is as they're all standing there. Uh, it's very good. Yes. 
absolutely. Um, and then eventually they end up uh, meeting like Shonen Bat, and they start running after him too to like get killed. It's it's great. Yeah. Yeah, they're begging. They're begging Shonen Bat to kill him. Um, to kill them all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, uh, that's definitely my favorite episode of the lot. Absolutely, same. Uh, maybe my second favorite episode is episode ten, which is about the production of the Moromi anime, the most <laughs> cursed production to ever exist. Whew, it's a bad time. Uh, which also serves as like this, like this is how anime is produced. Episode where they break down everyone's roles on a production, like what the staff do, and then show how everyone is overworked and constantly falling apart as the natural course of anime production. Yes. Uh, it is a cry for help. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. truly. It is, ab- uh, it is absolutely uh, Ubisoft putting Ubisoft in right. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Going, help us. Help us, please. No, I, I love how uh, each time they, they uh, like, introduce one of the production staff members. It's through this, like, cutesy, like, Maromi explanation. Like, d- give, delivering a way too long explanation. And then when it cuts away from that, it's just like, yeah. This is a nightmare. Please help me. <laughs> That's great. Uh, also, the extremely like poignant. This is what entertainment is like. Ending of like the entire production staff gets murdered. Seemingly producing episode one, which you'd think they wouldn't air the rest of it, but uh, it yeah. turns out it's actually a really popular show later on. Um, and the the guy brings the tape in the rain, like in a car crash, and collapses. And like hit by a little slugger and the production crew find the tape and like, they're like, Oh, it's okay. And pull the tape out of his like hand as he's dying in the street. It's very ridiculous. <laughs> yep. That guy sucks too. <laughs> the, uh, the guy delivering the tape, not oh, helpful. No, there's a bit where he, he goes to pick up like the, the cells from the animation director uh, who is already dead, and he just kind of walks in and grabs the cells, like, "Oh, great job, goodbye." Yes, as she's yeah, lying she's, dead, she's just collapsed over her desk. <laughs> I think the thing I hated the most was when he unplugs somebody's computer, like an animation person, and then does not re- apologize to them, even though he's got to restart the whole thing. Uh, also, like he picks up <laughs> one of the backgrounds from the background artist. Yep. He's like, "Be very careful with those; it's raining out." And he's like, "Don't worry, I'll put them in my pocket," and proceeds to fold them up multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> And the guy is just like, well, shit, this is, you've ruined everything. You can't fold a background sheet. Uh, also very funny. It's like, this was 2004. I don't know when they stopped using cells. <laughs> <laughs> but we're coming uh, up on it. The thing I like also in this one is like, episode seven has the fake Shonen Bat, like found dead in the cell as... Yes. The other Shonen Bat rides off. You're like, what the hell is happening? Episode eight is like this weird, like nebulous ghost story. And then nine is like a bunch of people telling tall tales. But you get into this one and it's like Shonen Bat, like the idea of Shonen Bat has turned into a lethal thing when it used to be a like thing that like damaged people. But then they came out the other side changed. Yes. And the way in which you get there without realizing that that's the path we've fallen down over the last three episodes is really good. Totally, because the the episode eleven is um, primarily about um, uh, the detective. Uh, I forget the main detective's name, but um, Akari. Yeah, Akari's uh, wife, who's like kind of has a lot of medical problems, and Lil Slugger is like standing silhouetted uh, while she's like telling the story of their relationship, and he like keeps swinging his bat and stuff like as she uh describes like if something went well in their relationship he will calm down or something went bad then he'll like prepare to hit her and yeah like the implication there is that like he wants to kill her um so yeah it definitely leads in well to and he also he also like starts growing larger and larger turning into the giant monster shonen bat that's in the rest of the series yeah it's great i really like this episode um, I like all the everything about the the relationship of these two people because they they barely share any screen time. I think they, I think the only time we see them together is actually at the end, as a couple mm-hmm. of flashbacks. But then she comes, you know, she comes into that for that final scene. But really, their relationship is mostly just through uh, this scene and some some comments that he makes. So you don't really get something together, but you do get this really good sense of like these people are suffering these immense pressures. Um, and they are like totally within their rights to feel trapped and feel shitty and like the show is not judging 
it could be really easy for the show to slip into like judging people right for mm-hmm. um wanting this escape uh and i think that's why the show is good because it's not judging people for wanting escape and for wanting things to be good uh, it's much more just about the constant tension between how to live your life earnestly uh and um like openly but how also to like deal with all the pressures of what that means uh like the the show treats um this this uh this scene with ikari being like i will not uh i'm not going to kill myself today basically as this momentary like small victory and not like a moral stance of this is what good people do and i really like that um it was very good uh i i like these two a lot these two uh because when it all culminates at the end where she's in hospital and he's in like his fake world and that's what breaks him out of it uh that was very moving to me yeah Totally, and I like um, Akari's like fantasy world during this time, where he like kind of like goes back thirty years to this Japan where everything's in this cardboard cutout, and like he he's fantasizing about uh, like burglars with burlap sacks, and and there's one point where he sees one in this world, and he's like clearly just having a great time, like chasing after <laughs> this guy. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the many times where I think the show look like just looks really impressive. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I I ended up getting finding a decent copy of the show, but I'm 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 glad that it wasn't in like you know full Blu-ray HD or anything. It's the most 2004 DVD looking show ever, <laughs> and is. I think that that suits it. Like it, it just it looks like 2004 in a way that nothing else does <laughs> yeah the best part of the copies of this show that exist is especially in the eye catches which are uh yes. extremely overproduced like abstract like fractal Fantastic. neuron flower bullshit happening <laughs> just turn into compression nightmares <laughs> yes yes oh this would suck if they blew it up into a full <laughs> full 1080 i don't want i mean that. at some point yeah. this show will get a blu-ray and i'll absolutely get it because oh, yeah. i like the show a lot but yeah it existing in this nebulous space where like it's really hard to get a hold of if you like basically impossible to get a hold of legally um and you shouldn't yes. in the uk uh oh right because they cut out an entire sequence in episode eight. Oh gosh yeah they cut out the sequence where they're trying to hang themselves <laughs> Yeah, if you don't know, the UK has extreme or used to have extremely weird laws about things that had to be cut for like video release. Uh, it's called the Video Recordings Act of 1984. Uh, yeah, which, video nasties. Yeah, the video nasty stuff. If you're into like <laughs> horror cinema or like schlock cinema, you probably already know about this. But there was just a like very overbearing censorship rule that lasted a long time. Wow. Yes. Which, uh, yeah, it lasted until 2009, which is a long time. Uh, which is a strange, because especially in this scene, it's like one of the sweetest things. Um, yeah, the thing it cuts out in episode 8 is the entire, like, tree sequence where they try to hang themselves, which is basically the best scene in the entire sh- episode. So <laughs> so cute. <laughs> like, I understand, like, you describe, oh, this, this 12-year-old girl is trying to hang herself, and she's stoked about it. Like, I understand how you're a censor, and you go, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but the... You know, the show is all about trying to um, look at that from a different angle. Uh, yes. they, they find each other. They find each other. They're having a good time. Shout out to Zebra and his, um, his, his uh, partner, too. That was very cute. Yep. Uh, I love Zebra. I yeah. love all of them. They are just my friends. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I too would become a ghost and then use my ghost powers to like photobomb random tourist photos <laughs> <laughs> and to freak them out. Oh, amazing. Good stuff. Uh, I guess that leaves the final episode to talk about. Yeah, yeah. the final episode, the final episode. Yeah. In so which, uh, it, like, uh, in which, uh, Tsukiko gets pulled into Ikari's, like, fantasy world of 60s Japan. Yep. And in doing so, sucks all the Moromis out of the world as Moromi goes in with her. Yeah, like, because Moromi, like, the show's about Shen Bat, but you realize by the, the back half of the show that Moromi's power has also grown. 
to the point where when um, Manuel's like, little bad and Moromi are the same, and he says it 50 times in a row, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I get it. I see what you've done here. Well, yeah, because uh, uh, I don't know if we even talked about the first episode, but uh, Tsukiko's like tasked with creating a character as popular as Moromi and ends yes. up doing that accidentally by manifesting uh, Shonen Bat, who she had created as a child, like into the world as an adult. Yes. Yeah. And the like psyche of people who love Moromi is like a. Uh, as, like, the cute, hot character of the moment and Shonen Bat as, like, the news story everyone's gossiping about fuels both of them into, like, monstrous proportions. Uh, it's very good. Yeah, so the final episode, like, uh, Ikari's wife comes, like, comes into his fantasy when she died as, like, a ghost. Um, mm-hmm. just, to say, just to say goodbye before she truly passes. Uh, and that's what causes Ikari to realize, ah, I'm living in a fantasy of 60s Japan. This is really bad for everyone. Uh, And smashes it with the bat. Uh, And everyone, everyone goes back to Japan. uh, And so he, he takes, he takes, um, uh, he takes, uh, make sure I'm saying the name right. He takes Agi uh, for the final battle with Shonen Bat, who at this point is just like a blob. is just like a big mass of goo. Yes. um, Because, He's just engulfing everyone. A 2015 blockbuster CGI monster. Yeah, uh, he's the terrorist weapon from the opening of Deus Ex Invisible War. <laughs> <laughs> For like the three people who've seen that cutscene, I guess. Um, so he, he goes and reveals, you know, that um, he everyone's figured out the truth and, and uh, Saki just, Tsukiko just has to... Uh, admit to it which is that she made Shannon bad as a child uh, to get out of like having to tell her dad about accidentally killing uh, this dog that she loved so much uh, and as she does um, the like disaster uh, fades uh, Shannon bat is is gone uh, his power is no more but crucially the, the Tokyo is still fucked. <laughs> Yeah, it cuts to two years later of the recovery efforts have ended of people getting destroyed, like murdered and city being destroyed by a giant psychic blob of goo. Like the people who got absorbed into it right at the end, I think, made it out as it exploded. But mm-hmm. on the whole, everyone who got attacked is still dead. The city's fucked. Um, yeah. It doesn't portray this as like a once you've confronted your fears, the like, you know, the effects of the trauma are gone. Hooray! <laughs> situation uh it's definitely been a bad time for everyone mm-hmm. uh, and it's like actual ending is um uh Manuel, like becoming the uh there's a, there's an old man at the start of the, who's doing like formulas on the ground at the hospital uh and coming to a scary realization and basically following the plot of the show uh and Manuel is in this in in this situation as he uh like comes to a similar realization and the show cuts to credits it's also like after a the basically the exact same scene of like everyone on a subway looking at their phones and like the increasingly loud like din of everyone obsessed with whatever they're looking at together, like mm-hmm. the big psychic collective energy of everyone isolated at the same time. Yeah. Yes, it's very good. Like amazing definitely... that it doesn't become a people be on their phones moment, to be honest. Uh, the show has a bit of that, but yeah, yeah, it avoids it avoids the real traps of that because, like, uh, what I like about this ending is that again, it doesn't position this as like a uh, here's what's gone wrong with society. It's more a here's what we got to deal with. Like, this happens all the time. This happens like the show's a loop, but not in the like here's the figure out why the loop is happening way. In the this is just what it be like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the thing with the phones is that it serves as like a very good capsule metaphor for a pre-existing state of affairs. Like everyone. It was isolated and anxious through antiquity, right? Like, yes. Uh, Tsukiko is like that when she was a child who didn't have a phone and just a dog running around in like the 80s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on some level, it implies that uh, Ikari was like this when he was in the youth that he remembers when he was chasing uh, criminal, like just thieves with the handkerchiefs around their neck. He was still like <laughs> this. <laughs> yep. And it's like definitely. I feel like I read the ending is you know, these are the pressures that are they're not going to go away. This is just the tension yes. you have to walk through. Your mm-hmm. this is what being alive means. Uh, 
And also just the cycle of this thing is going to just happen again. Like at the like after the final end credits, you have Maniwa doing the the narrating to camera of this is all happening again. This is just an endless loop. It's not about like a mystery. It's about the reality of living, like yeah, just directly yes. to camera. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I the, the thing I wanted to say was like it, it's not about the fatalism of the loop, right? It's not like this is inevitable. It's just that this is life. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's yeah. I I like the end, especially because so, um, the ending is Manoa doing that like monologue to camera in the style of all the next on scenes. Yes, <laughs> which are ridiculous because it's the old man in like this tuxedo, uh, as he's standing on the moon or the <laughs> other. <laughs> Uh, the other like backgrounds from the opening. Yeah. So I couldn't find proof of this, but the thing that I think this is a reference to is there is a uh, Lars von Trier miniseries called The Kingdom <laughs> from wow. yes, uh, 1994 uh, that ends every episode with Lars von Trier in a suit coming to narrate to camera to like talk about the themes and like very sadly tell you things will only get worse next time as the battle between good and evil continues. Um in this very surrealist hospital drama, which is what the kingdom is. It's um, the most anime thing ever. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, and it's that's definitely riffing on Twin Peaks, which has a character that sometimes appears, like, they're in the real world, but sometimes they appear nebulously in a suit for no good reason. Um, uh, in, like, a more ethereal version of themselves. And that's definitely what I think these things are pointing to, because the way the man narrates is extremely just the thing that Lars von Trier does in the kingdom. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> Uh, so I couldn't find proof that that was what this was, but uh, there's so much energy about this stuff. And Japan loves them some Twin Peaks, so at the very least, it's meant to be a Twin Peaks thing. Uh, I can say that pretty safely, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was also riffing on the kingdom. I yeah. hope so. I'm going to go ahead and say it is. Yeah. Man, I haven't thought about the kingdom in a while. Someone played, showed us the kingdom at university. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they're like, hey, what's the kingdom? That was a good day. Uh, that's, a, that's a wild fucking show. Yes, it is. Yeah, I find Maniwa a pretty interesting character because he definitely just becomes like Jake Gyllenhaal's character in Zodiac uh, after a bit, <laughs> um, especially in episode but, seven, but, which but just you through the through the lens of being Batman eventually, which I think is like the part yes. where when he washes <laughs> up, he just dives into full on superheroics is so good. Yes, absolutely. Because that episode literally steals framing from Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Like, it's not even subtle about it. <laughs> when he's in front of that billboard, for sure. Except yeah, now he has a terrible, terrible facial hair. Uh, everyone in the show has terrible facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much detail in the shitty facial hair of every character. It's amazing. But also, like, the, like, inversion of the anime trope of the grizzled detective and young detective, where usually the grizzled detective is the one that's like, I'm going to just doggedly pursue this forever, and young detective is a little flighty or just not, like, with it enough. And when the two of them get fired, uh, Ikari is basically like, nah, I don't really, I like, I was a cop, but it's been on neutral for, an ent- for a long time now. I'm just going to give it up. Whereas Maniwa dives directly into the most extreme version of uh, cop keep copping. Doing a s- secret radio broadcast telling people to watch out for Shonen Bat. He's still out there. Yes. <laughs> no one's listening. No one's listening to the radio broadcasts. Uh, there's an amazing shot uh, in the last battle, which made me laugh harder than almost anything. I know what you're talking so the, about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, guy, the, the final battle has begun, and they're like, um, Suko, you will confess, and we can do this together. The fight begins now! And Manoa just, like, dives in, and then Shonen Bat, bam! Through the window, he is gone. <laughs> and Manoa just, like, flies out like a ragdoll. It's one of the funniest things that's ever happened. <laughs> Uh. Uh, yeah, I, I I love the two. I love them. He's he's he is a good young detective. <laughs> yes. And Ikari's a good grizzled detective as well. Uh, I really yeah. like him talking to the um to the burglar. Yeah. Uh, while his wife's uh talking to him about, he has a scene with the burglar, and they're both just like, "Man, this world ain't for us anymore." Type, you know, scene that is good in the wire every time it does it every ten minutes. 
Yeah, because uh, they're both now just construction security guards. Like, they're just old men standing around in their, like, guard suits uh, talking about how they used to be something on either side of the law. The world, the world changes. Uh, yeah, the game done changed, they basically say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a very good scene, um, as they just kind of realize where they are in their lives. I, re- I really like the way that Ikari gets this new, just shitty job, and the show's mostly just... You know, this is what you do. Sometimes you get a new shitty job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Um, I, I like that stuff because, you know, like you say, the, the, you would expect the show to be all about we, we we must go back and fight Shonen Bat, but it's really about him trying to support his wife. That's what he actually cares about. He can't yeah. quit smoking. It's hard. No, nah, it is hard. Well. Uh, especially in a world where you get uh, nice uh, decorative, uh, what do I want, matchboxes when you go get dinner every time. Yeah, they are very nice decorative matchboxes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so does anyone have any, any more thoughts about Paranoia Agent? Um, does everyone think, do, do people think Moromi is cute or, or not cute? I'm, I'm a fan. I think Moromi is, like, built to be just slightly too over-designed. Like, its head is just slightly too big, and its yes. eyes are just slightly too big that it's, like, built to be creepy. I find it very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I I really like an episode one where it starts, um like, coming alive uh, in front of um Tusaki and... Uh, like its head is just so big that it, it like can barely walk straight at all and has to like yeah. keep keep steadying itself. Yeah, it's it's really good. The really floppy animation on it, even when it's alive, where it like moves like a like stuffed animal that is walking around, is very good. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. definitely like gives the vibe of being a horror movie uh, kids toy, right? At the start, even if the show never like leans into that all the way, mm-hmm. it's staring at you. Yes, it is. There's a bit in uh, episode twelve, I think, where they're like, "Look at the look at the Maromi balloons in the sky," and it's just the most unsettling thing <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um. Also, the opening is great. The the, the opening, oh, the opening's so good. It's so good. Opening's good. I like the ending. I think the ending is great. Yeah, oh. the ending's okay. Me and, I know me and Jackson's I was... less uh, into it. I think the like weird lullaby as everyone sleeps around the Maromi, but given the implications of the show, also like just this pile of bodies that uh, Maromi has caused, I think is very good. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, I don't dislike the ending. I just thought the ending's better. Yeah, they're all laughing. They're all laughing. It's me. Laughing as the world ends. That's all of us. Twitter.com. <laughs> Simply having a lull. <laughs> Paranoia agent. Uh, any more final thoughts before we finish this podcast? No, I like this a lot. I'm glad I went back to it uh, because I didn't remember most of it. I remembered like the first, like maybe like six or seven episodes really good and then just immediately a void of remembering. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. Yeah, I had a really good time. Yeah, same. We've watched some good fucking anime on this podcast. Yeah. Well, it's weird that uh, as good as this is doesn't rate one bit against Dirty Pair, but there you go. No, not even close. Not even fucking close. I I, I can't pick them every time. (laughs) No, no, no. This is good, but you know, it's hard. It's hard to argue with uh, the spirit of the '80s in anime as a show, which is. too much it's too good too perfect oh, well um do you want to plug anything uh anything live uh no no you can just follow me no. at uh no love deep trans on twitter if you want and yeah cool. that's about it all right well you can follow me at headfuls off you got a bunch of other podcasts at normalmapping.com if you would like to listen to them they're good yeah um the one that we can plug uh if you go to abnormalmapping.com slash aeroplane, that's A-E-R-O-P-L-A-N-E, you can get a uh, bi-weekly podcast that I am doing with my friend Autumn, where we watch all of the Studio Ghibli movies. By the time this one goes up, uh, meh, not quite, but there, our second episode about uh, Nausicaa is going up. And if you're like, you already covered Nausicaa, that's correct, we covered the manga. And if you've listened back to this episode, you will find me trying very hard not to talk too much about the movie, because I knew we were going to be doing an episode about the movie uh, specifically. Um, 
and uh, that will be coming out soon. Our first episode about Castle Cagliostra is up. Please look forward to more of those. If you want some anime content that is not the Beach House, because uh, as far as I know, we don't have a new Beach House scheduled for the next couple months. But who who knows? Things can surprise us at any time. Um, it's true. If you want to support the network, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash normalmapping. For $1, you get Gundam every week. Uh, Gundam's great. I watched Gundam right before this. Uh, we're finishing up Victory. Uh, slowly over the next two months. I guess like we're not actually nearly done, but it feels like we are wrapping up victory in yes. my heart. We'll be done by October. Yeah. No, yeah. And end of October is when we start G Gundam. So look forward yeah. to that. Yeah. I'd uh, um, I'd like to I'd... use this uh, platform to say that staying up to the victory is is the better OP of the two. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> we have to end this podcast now. You can find me on Twitter at EMO Describing. I don't know if I what do you think before. about the second ending though? Because I really like the second ending. Uh it's it's okay. Okay. The second of both songs on Victory are better. That's gonna stand up to saying the right thing here. Stand uh. <laughs> to the Victory is the better song. Goodbye. Puck us over. <laughs> <laughs>